your word today, and as we think about uh, all that you have planned for us from your word, uh, we're going to look at some false teachers and what they do and what they're like. And uh, Lord, let us remember that any one of us could become a false teacher. False teachers sometimes don't decide they're going to teach something wrong. They just stop growing and start thinking things incorrectly. So we pray that we would do our best to follow you. We pray that you'd be honored and glorified by the thoughts that we think, particularly during this hour, but by the thoughts we think every day, by the decisions that we make every day. So we pray that on this day and this place that you would speak into our hearts, convict us of sin, encourage us where we're doing well. May you be honored and glorified, and may we mature in you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. As we uh, look in First Timothy, Second uh, Peter, sorry, who knows where First Timothy came from? Second Peter chapter 2, we'll be looking there this morning at false teachers. And there are different ways to be a false teacher. And so one of the ways, I, I tried to find an, uh, an illustration. So pardon me if these pictures don't work for you, but they work for me. So one of the ways that you can be a false teacher is um, that you, well, first of all, there's a clear block of biblical truth that most Bible scholars, most Bible teachers most Bible preachers understand. There's a clear revelation from Scripture. Almost all of the false teachers out there use the Bible. So you can't say just, our church teaches the truth because we preach the Bible. Because I can name a dozen churches in Pinal County that preach the Bible but don't teach the truth of God's Word. They misread it or misapply it. They're not focusing on uh, how it's communicated. They're not teaching it accurately in a biblical way. We can isolate verses and do things. There's a general consensus of biblical truth. And as we were looking last week, one of the things Peter said was, no scriptures of private interpretation. You can't pull it out and isolate it. It's all connected together. And so one of the ways that false teachers, one of the things they do is they, they try to narrow the focus. So uh, they, they look at one part of truth and they say, oh, this is the truth. And they, they ignore some of the teachings of Scripture on that very subject. And so they try and get people, to, they distort the truth. But uh, the other way false teachers are common today is that they try and make biblical truth just encompass everything. Everything fits in there. See, all you really got to do is love God and love people, and that's all God expects from you. That's kind of funny because Jesus Christ, the manifestation of God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Godhead in human body, Jesus Christ told his church to make disciples and then baptize them and then teach them all things that he had commanded. So he doesn't want you just to get the basics, love God, love people. He wants you to grow beyond that. In the same way, I don't know a parent who's really happy if their eighth grade kid can just say, Mama, 
Dada. I mean, when that happens, it's it's a handicap, right? It's it's a developmental problem. We want them to be able to talk. Now, admittedly, some of your parents want them to talk a little less, right? Right? But but you want them to be able to communicate. And so God wants you to grow beyond the basics. Don't just love God, love others. There's more to life than that. But don't get legalistic. Don't say, everybody must look exactly like me. I was going to use Jim as an illustration this morning, but I asked Megan if Jim and I matched, and she said, no. <laughs> I said, are we wearing matching shirts? She said, no. So I, for those of you who don't know, I am colorblind, okay? I'm not just weird. I'm also colorblind. Uh, but, but when we look in Peter, and Peter gives us instruction for false teachers, that, that some false teachers are intentionally misleading people. They're intentionally doing it. They are trying to lead people astray. They're distorting this truth on purpose, often for financial gain. There's another group of false teachers. They're trying to teach the truth. They just don't know it yet. They don't know it well enough yet. And so in this group of the false teachers that are uh, in trying to teach the truth, but they don't know it well enough, there's a biblical illustration. Apollos. Apollos was trying to teach the truth, but he didn't know it well. And so uh, Aquila and Priscilla pulled him aside and taught him more completely. Okay, there's a third group of false teachers, and these are the ones, they, they have the truth, but they're not living it. Can you go ahead and bring those up? Uh, it's not working? Okay. Uh, there's a, a third group of false teachers, and they sometimes, they, they're uh, not living what they say. So, like a Christian dad, maybe we'll pick on Tim Pennock. Is that all right with you guys? And, okay. Uh, so, we got... Tim Pennock's a Christian dad. He's a deacon. He's an Awana director for one of the clubs and director of the overall clubs. And so if Tim goes home and doesn't live what he teaches, and so he's going to have a couple of his own kids in the Journey Club tonight as he's teaching the Bible to them, and then they can say, you know, they, what I, hopefully they won't interrupt in the middle of the class and say, that's not how you do it at home, Dad, but, but hopefully they will talk to him about it if it's an issue. We have to live the truth of God's Word. We have to live it out. So there's three ways you can teach wrongly and I don't know what's wrong with the PowerPoint, but only the first way showed up. And actually, that's what Peter's talking about, is false teachers who are intentionally misleading people. So in 2 Peter chapter 2, but there were also false prophets among the people. We read about them in the Old Testament, 2 Peter chapter 2. If I said something else, sorry about that. Second Peter chapter 2. There were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. When Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, he said false teachers were going to rise. He, and he's talking and he's, sorry, when he was teaching the pastors, he gathered all these pastors together in Ephesus and he was teaching them. It's recorded in the book of Acts. And he told them there's going to arise from that group of preachers, false teachers. Now, I've been involved in a group of 
pastors here in Arizona, and we've seen a couple of these pastors have departed from that general revelation of God, that, that correct part of understanding God's Word, and they've departed from that. And that's a heartache. It's sad. And he said, that's going to happen. And then look, in the middle of verse 1, they will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destructions. In the last couple of years, we've seen pastors of well-known, nationally known pastors teach in churches of thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of members have walked away from the faith, have said they're no longer Christian. They don't believe what God's Word says. How does that happen? Well, Peter said that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to rise up, and false teachers will rise up, and we need to be on guard. Verse 2, And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. There's often greed involved in what they're doing. And by the way, if you teach people that the way to keep out of hell is to give lots of money to the preacher, that's what some churches teach. Um, our church doesn't, but some churches do. And so there's covetousness. They, they, they covet the praise and the worship and the money. They will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Uh, they will face the judgment of God. And then uh, let's, let's stop right there for just a moment and think about the dangers of false teachers, the dangers of of false teachers. If if that's not going to work at all, can you just make it go away? It, it'll distract me even if it doesn't distract, distract anybody else. So there's there's four dangers of false teachers mentioned here, okay? And uh, the first is they corrupt the message of God. Uh, that's what he says in verse 1. They're going to secretly bring in dis- damnable heresies. So they, uh, can you just turn off the PowerPoint? I don't know why those things aren't working. They're supposed to pop right up. And uh, so if you have your Bible here in Second Peter, turn over to Jude, okay? Jude. I, I had a lot of slides there. Some of them were beneficial, but oh well, the Lord knows. And I guess they weren't that beneficial after all, right? Uh, Jude is the little book right before Revelation. Second Peter and then first and second and third John and then Jude. And so these false teachers are corrupting the message. Look in Jude verses 3 and 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. We earnestly, there's no new faith, there's no new revelation. It was once for all delivered to the saints. So the Holy Spirit still works in us. In fact, I was praying about who God would have us, who might lead our our, uh, Good News Club, and Ben Qualls talked to me. He felt the Holy Spirit leading him to get involved in that club. 
but he's also running a business, so he couldn't take on the administrative load of it, but he wants to be involved in teaching and serving and ministering. And then I was praying about who else could step up and do that, and I felt the Holy Spirit burden my heart that Lori Altamirano would be a really good fit for that. And so I talked to Lori, and she prayed about it, and she said yes, and so we've got a team that's going to continue that. So, but, but the Holy Spirit maybe burdened Ben's heart and burdened my heart and burdened Lori's heart, but he didn't speak new revelation. Ben didn't walk in on Sunday morning and say, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my bedroom. Now listen up. We don't have that. We don't have new revelation coming forward. It was once delivered to the apostles And now look in verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So they corrupt the message. They corrupt it. So it's not uh, operating the way that it should. And we want to communicate God's truth accurately. And we need to study and we need to uh, really grow. And, and uh, one of the cool things that we've started doing this year is all of our Sunday school classes are working through the same curriculum from preschool up to adults. And so one of the blessings that parents have, they could go home and talk to their kids about the Sunday school lesson, and they can know that they're, although Tim teaches the adult lesson at a little bit different level than Kathy Bird teaches the preschool and kindergarten lesson, but it's the same concept, uh, the same overall program. And so the adults can talk to their kids about it. And by the way, kids, you can talk to your parents about it. You can make sure they were paying attention in Sunday school and you can ask them questions. Uh, So they corrupt the message of God. And then verse one also says they're denying the Lord and they're pursuing. Secondly, they are pursuing their own agenda. They're not doing what God wanted. They're pursuing their own agenda. And I had a reference from Acts. I meant to have flagged here. Um, Acts chapter 20, and I'll, I'll turn there. You don't need to. But Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30, Paul said, I know he's, he's talking to the elders, the pastors from the region around Ephesus, and he's gathered them all together, and now he's telling these pastors, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. False teachers are going to come in, and he calls them savage wolves. And then he says, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. They're going to seek their own group. They want to exalt themselves and say, you follow me and my teaching. And boy, have we seen that in our day. Uh, The internet has made it even worse, but just in books and publications and all kinds of stuff, leaders are trying to get people to follow them. And then there's a third way. They influence people away from the truth. In verse 2, many people are going to follow them to destruction. Uh, When Paul was writing to the church in uh, Corinth in his second letter, well, the the book called 2 Corinthians, when he was writing to them, he said, 
Uh, Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and his ministers appear to be ministers of righteousness. So they give the outward appearance, but they're not teaching the truth of God's word. And so we, as individuals, all of us, but especially the teachers here, we need to make sure that we're following the word of God accurately. And then in verse 3, it says they exploit and take advantage of people. Uh, They exploit and take advantage of people. Uh, It says, um, by covetousness, they will exploit you. What Paul wrote to the church, or or what Paul mentioned to the preachers in in Acts uh, chapter 20, that some of them will rise up and try and get disciples for themselves. I have had the opportunity to disciple some people, but none of you should be disciples of Terry Green. You are disciples of Jesus Christ. Terry Green can help you follow Christ. But if I'm not helping you follow Christ, then don't stay. Follow Christ. Pursue him. Every one of us answers directly to Jesus Christ. We all do. And so the dangers of false teachers, they're corrupting the message. They're pursuing their own agenda. And so it seems like the false teachers are winning today, but but they're not. There's illustrations. He gives illustrations of the judgment that the false teachers will face. In verse number 4, For if God spared not the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into change of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. So we have three illustrations. The angels who rejected the Lord are facing eternal judgment. Now, he writes it here as if it's already an accomplished fact. In the same way, he writes in Ephesus, Uh, or writes in Ephesians chapter 2, that we're already exalted with the Lord in heaven Uh, because it's a done deal. Nothing can change that. The angels are doomed, and they will face destruction in hell. And then he writes about the flood in Noah's day where God brought the flood down. The false teachers were having a heyday. The false teachers were, were... getting lots of converts, and people were being led astray, and God brought judgment. And in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was evilness there, and ungodliness there, a violence and a vileness there, and God brought judgment upon those people. And so these are illustrations of God's judgment, and we must recognize God rules, and false teachers answer to God. And some who are very popular today will be banished to hell in the judgment day. Now, true believers cannot comfortably live in sin. True believers cannot comfortably live in sin. Look at verse 7. And delivered righteous lot. Does that not mess with your mind? When you read the book of Genesis and you see the choice that Lot made and he walked away from Abraham and he he went to Sodom and Gomorrah even knowing they were not good cities and then eventually he was sitting in the gate of the city. 
as one of the leaders in the city, and yet there was unrighteousness all around him. But apparently Lot had been a believer and just strayed away from the Lord because it says, righteous Lot. God delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. He tormented his soul. See, a true believer cannot comfortably live in sin. You can live in sin. You can live in rebellion against God. But it's going to gnaw away at the inside. The Holy Spirit of God will not let a believer be comfortable in their sin. He's going to always be trying to draw them back to God. There's going to be a discomfort level there. I know when I was a young believer and I strayed away from the Lord, I was miserable. I was so, I, I hated going to church. I hated not being in church. I hated reading my Bible. I hated not reading my Bible. I was just miserable all the time until I got serious about following the Lord. And it changed my life and changed this, the trajectory of your life. See, there is a judgment day. Look in verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. He knows how to deliver the righteous ones, the ones who believe and trust in him. And he knows how to bring judgment on the other ones. There is a day of judgment coming. And those who walk with the Lord will be spared and rejoice. And those who don't will face eternal judgment. Now there's some characteristics of false teachers. And I'm going to give you these characteristics. And then we're going to read the verses. Okay? The first characteristic is they refuse to submit to authority. They refuse to submit to authority. They only answer to themselves. Secondly, they stir up controversy. They try and make everything a big deal. And I was listening to this preacher on television a few years ago, and he's making this really big deal out of this little thing. And he's turning the truth. Instead of focusing on the truth, he's he's, uh, distorting this one thing. And then... The third way is they're covetous. The false teachers, these characteristics, they're covetous. Excuse me. All right, now let's read these verses and let's find these. They refuse to submit to authority. They answer only to themselves. They stir up controversy and they're covetous. Let's read from verse 10 through verse 17 and see these things. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Verse 12, But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. They will receive the wages of unrighteousness. All right, quiz time. What's the wages of sin? Still is. They're going to receive the wages of unrighteousness. They're going to face eternal death. 
All right, let's go on. As those who counted a pleasure to carouse in the daytime. There are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They had the image of God in them in their humanity but they are cursed. Verse 15, They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Balaam, for money, tried to curse God's people, but God wouldn't let him do it. And he even had a donkey talk to him, and it mentions that here. He was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb, not as in not intelligent, but as in unable to speak, a donkey who normally wouldn't be able to speak, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. Finally, when a donkey talked, he didn't listen to the Holy Spirit of God, but he finally listened to a donkey. Verse 17. This is a a description of them. They are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. If you ever go to a well to get water from the well and it's dry, or we've been without rain for so long and finally the the storm clouds come in and there's darkness and there's clouds and there's lightning and there's thunder and it blows away and all you got is a few spots on your car covered with dirt. That's what the false teachers are like. They don't satisfy, they don't nurture. They draw people away from God's nurturing. They stir up controversy. They're covetous. They do not submit to anyone else. They feel like they answer only to God. We all answer directly to God, but we also answer to other people too. So there's some truth about false teachers in uh, verses 18 through 22. When they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from, those, escaped from those who live in error. Their message sounds impressive, but they're self-indulgent and they're not committed to the truth. Verse 19, while they promise themselves liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. They don't care about people. They're pushing to get leverage over other people. And by doing that, they bring themselves into bondage. Verse 20. For if, now this almost sounds as if they once were saved and they lost their salvation. But what this says is they were drawn to the truths of Scripture, but they did not fully believe. They were drawn. They were interested. They maybe participated a little bit. But they weren't truly transformed by the person of Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. Look in verse 20. For if after they escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they knew about the Lord, but then they were entangled in them 
and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Verse 21 helps us understand this. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, not to have understood how to be saved, than having known it and to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. It would have been better if they'd never heard the gospel than if they'd been drawn to it and then walked away. Verse 22, but it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Aren't you glad you came to church today and we talked about dogs licking vomit and we talked about pigs and strange things, right? The truth about false teachers. They don't care about people. They only care about themselves. And they will face destruction under the judgment of God. See, in verse 9, it said there would be punishment on the day of judgment. Verse 12, it said they would utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 13, they would receive the wages of unrighteousness, eternal death. Verse 14, they are accursed children. Verse 15, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray. Verse 17, they will be cast into outer darkness under the judgment of God. See, it looks like the false teachers are winning, but they're not. We can't yet see the end of the story. And so we say that our purpose is to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. It's engaging your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. It's committing before God that you're going to honor Him and you're going to show His love to others. It's recognizing that sharing His truth comes after showing His love. We show His love, and then we share His truth. And we have to keep them in order. We need to make loving Jesus the highest value of our lives and commit to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with others. So so here's three things that you can do to serve God honorably and not be a false teacher. First of all, be courageous. Love people exactly as they are. Love people exactly as they are. I have some friends here in town. Actually, I don't see some of them very much anymore. When I used to play volleyball up at at LA Fitness for a couple of years, uh, I had some friends there. One was very active in a lifestyle the Scripture says is ungodly. One of them was very antagonistic toward Christianity, a a diehard atheist. And we would play together, we'd talk together, and I'd share God's truth to them. And and one time, uh, you know, one person swore and used God's name in vain. And or they said, oh my, and then put God's name there, which I think is using God's name in an empty way, using his name in vain. Uh, so they weren't praising God. They were just a surprise. So they said this. And one other guy said, there's only one God. And I said, and that's right. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he got really frustrated with me because he is Muslim and he doesn't want to hear about Jesus Christ being God. But see, I can be friendly and I can show love even though they absolutely disagree with me. They can't be my best friend. I can't follow their leading, their wisdom. I mean, if I want to get together with somebody and have them speak into my life, it's going to be somebody who knows and loves the, the truth of God's Word and loves and follows Jesus Christ. But we, we can show love to everybody. 
even people whose lifestyle and conduct is antagonistic to ours. We can show. So be courageous. Show love. When their life intersects with your life, they should feel the touch of Jesus. They shouldn't feel condemnation. That's what the Pharisees did. They should feel the touch of Jesus. Did Jesus ever condemn people? Yes, when they were in open rebellion against his truth. But to people who were seeking, he showed love. And people should feel the touch of Jesus when they interact with you. Even if they have accidentally overcharged you, even if they're making fun of you, they should feel his touch in your life. So be courageous. Secondly, be committed, learning, living, and sharing the truth. Be committed. Learn it. Live it. Share it. We, we need to speak God's word into our culture. We need to share God's truth. And honestly, some people aren't going to pay attention on the outside. <coughs> I've shared this before. A lady I worked with named Vicki, she taught me a lot about accounting because I knew nothing, and she was in charge of accounting at her corporation. And we, I worked for her, and then we became business partners, and, and uh, I traveled, did, did the job she didn't want to do, and she stayed back and did the books and did the job I didn't want to do. We were a great team serving together. And I felt burdened for her. And I shared the gospel with her several times. And then one year I really felt burdened. I didn't know at the time, but she was going to leave the company. And at that time I didn't know that. But I talked to Kathy and I, I really felt burdened about sharing the gospel with her. And so I did something I've never done before or since. I went out to lunch with a woman I w- who wasn't family. And uh, I shared the truth of the gospel with her and shared why I was burdened for her soul. And afterward she said, I appreciate your concern." And that was it. And then she left the company, and then I moved away and became a pastor. And, and, uh, uh, and then eventually God led us to come here to this church. And when I first came, my study was in the storage room over here. We rearranged things for me to have a study, and then we'd rearrange them for Sunday school, and then we'd rearrange it for storage during the week. It was a multi-purpose room. And uh, I got a call on the phone from her. She had trusted Christ as her Savior. She wanted to thank me for witnessing to her and showing love to her all those years. She said, I never forgot. I didn't pay that much attention, but I never forgot. And now I'm on my way to heaven. And then a couple years later, when I started teaching at IBCS, and one of the things I teach is how to take care of the finances and that, which I learned from Vicki. And so I talked to her on the phone. I said, hey, thanks for teaching me that stuff, because now I'm teaching that to other guys who are going to go out in the ministry and have to oversee the financial process of a ministry. And she said, I said, you changed my life by teaching me that. And she said, you changed my eternity by sharing Christ. So be courageous, show his love, and be committed. Stick to the truth and share it with people. They may not be paying attention. Oh, but they might. No one thought Paul was paying attention. But later in his life, Paul mentioned the message of Stephen. And thirdly, one last thing. Be connected. 
serve with other people, engage with them, care with them, serve with them, minister with them. It's way more fun to serve the Lord with other people. Be, be connected to people. And even though in our Sunday school Bible class time, all those teachers are doing their own thing in their own class, uh, we, we then come together in here and we celebrate this connectedness together. And in Awana, I'm, we're going to be over in here. That Joel and Megan and I, and, and uh, we're going to be over here and Jim Ricosi is going to be over there and over there and over here and out there. And, and we're going to be serving the Lord together. We're going to be ministering for Christ together because we, we connect, we serve better when we're connected with other people. And there are false teachers out there. Don't run scared. Learn the truth. Stick with the truth. Show God's love. Share his truth. Love and serve our Lord Jesus Christ together. And if you're not involved in some ministry that's impacting other people, get involved. Okay, don't show up Thursday night and tell Tim, I'm here, I want to help in Awana. Tim will say, thank you. Sit in the courtyard, you can pray. Because you can't serve with the kids unless you've gone through background screening and some training. That's true for Iwana. That's true for Good News Club. And so, but get involved in some way. And, and then this week is what week? What's the focus this week? Some of you said it like you're pretty sure maybe. What's the focus this week? Well, in church, it was kids. It's outreach this week, this coming week. What's our focus? It's supposed to be outreach. What does that mean? Yeah, we, we have a little tool you can use. It's a cute little white card. I guess it's cute. I don't know. All right. It says, Victory Baptist Church. And under that, it says, Our purpose is to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. And then on the back side of these cards, every one of them has a little description. Well, it has the service times. It has where our church is located, has the website and the phone number, even has this little uh, QR code where you can shoot it with your smartphone. It'll take you right to the web page. And then it has our service times, and then it says we would love to help you trust and follow Jesus Christ. So you can leave this with a generous tip in a restaurant. You can hand this to people. You can talk to people. You can say, you know what? I love my church. It's helping me grow in the Lord. And if you're looking for a church, I'd love to invite you to ours. If they're already active and actively involved in another church that's teaching the truth of God's word, don't try and talk them into coming to ours. If they're in a bad church, and you know it's a bad church, as soon as they tell you the name of the church, don't say, oh, evil one, you need this, okay? Don't, don't do that. But show his love and share his truth. But what, what could you do if somebody, if you know they're in a bad church that's not teaching the truth of God's word? You can pray for them. You can also say, you know, our church really focuses on the truth of God's Word. 
And we spend time in Bible class and we spend time in church looking at what the Bible says and how to accurately understand that and then apply it to our lives. And if, if that could be a blessing to you, here you go. And you can go online and you can listen to some of the messages. We actually had people join our, Bill and Katja um, Zimmerman joined our church because they listened to more than 20 messages online. I haven't listened to that many of my messages, but they did. Actually, I have. I listened to a lot of them. But, but uh, you can sign up for a podcast and get all of them. You can go to the website and see them. And you can tell them, hey, on our website, it has some. And it can help you learn God's Word. Not trying to take you out of your church, but it'll help you learn God's Word. And maybe by listening to the truth of God's Word, they might want to come. They might not, but they will be drawn to the Lord. So, do what you can. And there's some of these on the back table, right, Megan? There's, there's some of these. And, you know, if you're going to give out a bunch of them, take them. Take them all. We can print some more, right, Ben? Where's Ben? Ben will be happy to pre- print as many as we need. Uh, and, and just use those and share his love and show, uh, show his love and share his truth with people. Because it's, it's, it's dark days in our world. If you read the headlines, there's mass shootings on a massive scale. There's financial concerns, serious financial fears. There's people that used to be trusted speakers for Jesus Christ are falling out and quitting. And we have pain and we have discouragement. The, the average middle-class person today has less disposable income than at any time in our middle-class history in the U.S. Costs are going up, and costs are rising like this, and paychecks are rising like that, maybe. And so every year we're getting further and further behind. But listen, there's coming a day, a glorious day, when we'll be with the Lord. And when you're with the Lord, he's not going to say, hey, I'm so happy you had that great 401k and plan for your financial future. But he might say, I'm so happy you ministered to other people in my name. Well done. We're going to sing a song. It's called Jesus Paid It All. See, Jesus didn't just teach the truth. He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. He is the truth. And Jesus made it possible for every person on the planet, including you, to become a child of God. Let's stand.